Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Anyone who's had a baby knows that having a child doesn't automatically mean we know what we're doing as new mums. Taking a moment to feel calm and confident can be impossible while trying to manage a newborn. Sally Shepherd is a clinical psychologist who's written Beyond the Bump, a guide to navigating the mental, emotional and physical turmoil that can happen when you're becoming a mother. Hi, Sally. How are you? Hi. Good. Thanks, Siobhan. How are you? Good. Thank you. Now, you are pregnant with your second child. You've had four years um, since being pregnant with your first. Do you remember what you felt like when you brought your baby home? Yeah, I um I remember it really vividly. I think the feelings were really intense, um, so they're not going to leave me for a while. But I do just kind of remember walking out of the hospital and thinking, um, is, is this all there is? Is there is there going to be any exam? Do I need a license? <laughs> <laughs> what, do these people know I have no idea what I'm doing? Um, and just kind of, yeah, I, I'd only been in the hospital for one night. Um, so it was kind of, yeah, a real thrown in the deep set, uh, deep end sort of feeling, for sure. And you are a psychologist. Um, yep. That's what you practice. Yeah. Had you talked to many new mums before you had your son? Yeah, I had, um, I had talked to a, a lot of new mums. Um, so I was not an older mum. I was about 33, but I was one of the, um, the last people probably in my family and friend circle to become a mum as well as of course dealing with um, clients and and other women in my circles Um, but I think this is part of the reason I wrote the book is because the messaging out in society I think we don't always talk about some of the more challenging aspects of becoming a mum and I for one wasn't really prepared for a lot of them. I think a lot of my expectations were a bit maybe romantic or idealized um or or not well thought out. So I hadn't I hadn't heard a lot of the the tougher stuff back then. Um now I have. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've lived it. What were the most challenging things? I think there were a lot of um, common challenges that I came across in talking to a lot of new mums when I was writing the book and just reviewing the, the clinical research as well and, of course, what I experienced myself. Um, breastfeeding was a challenge and, and was a challenge for many mums, a lot of mums feeling like failures for the way that they were or weren't feeding their kids, um, whether that be... Um, formula or breastfeeding. Sleep deprivation is something that I think a lot of new mums, including myself, know is probably going to happen, but until you start to experience it, you don't know what it's really going to be like or feel like. Um, There's, I guess, the identity change and shift that comes with becoming a mum, which I think is really at the crux of a lot of the the um the other challenges which I can go into more in a minute um but there's things like um you, you know your your post baby body um getting back to your you know pre pregnancy weight and um feeling sore and uncomfortable from c section or episiotomy wounds um just uh, 
so many challenges that I guess people don't tend to talk about as much. Mental health difficulties is something that I'm really passionate about. Things like anxiety and intrusive thoughts, anger and rage, a low mood, baby blues and depression are two different things, but both things that impact a lot of mums. Um, um, you mentioned there, sorry to interrupt. That's okay. Sally, um, you, mentioned, you mentioned there that the identity shift is possibly something that is at the crux of a lot of problems yeah, uh, or challenges that we face as women. I would agree with that definitely from my own experience, but it still strikes me as odd that women have been working and participating in, you know, social lives and political and economic lives for many years now. We're not in the 50s anymore. And yet we still um, are kind of hit by this huge identity shift when we become mothers, both in the expectations we have of ourselves, but also the expectations others have of us and the sacrifices we need to make. Do you find it surprising that we're still... Um, struggling with that identity shift? Like we're not really, we don't seem to have dealt with it as a society. I know, I I do find it surprising, um, very common but surprising. And I guess some, um, I guess people have theorised that it's almost like an evolutionary thing, like our village and the people around us are kind of wired to... Um, love on the, the baby and um, welcome our new like little tribe member into the... <laughs> the family and the village so people will walk into a hospital room or a new mum's house and look at the baby um, and ask the mum about the baby and it'll be all about the baby which of course babies are really cute and we love them and um, but I guess once we become mum the other stuff about us tends to kind of disappear for a little while and and then we kind of get into this you know line of questioning from people like is the baby sleeping through the night yet? Um, how are you going with your, you know, baby weight? Or how's breastfeeding going? Or all of these kind of things that are these black and white questions of how are you going as a mother? Um, how are you performing? Uh, and that's kind of it. Almost forces us to be on this grading system, like, oh, you're having trouble with breastfeeding, or you might be a, a C student at that. Your kids, you know, co-sleeping or not sleeping through the night yet, or Um, you're doing it this way or you're sleep training or whatever judgment calls people like to put on things Um, and then you you sort of might feel like a failure in in that way and whatever you know whatever you're doing with your sleep or your feeding you can't win really people will have something to say about it Um, you know you haven't lost your baby weight yet okay well you're failing so I think because we've become a mum and our identity is almost hinging on you know, your mum and nothing else right now, then when we have these these issues pop up, it's you're either, you know, doing well at them or you're failing. And it's it's not really um, a matter of failing or not. Like all of our kids are different and our journeys are different and we are different. But, um, yeah, I think that's why some of these issues can present as so, so harmful for us and such a big deal because it kind of has become our new identity and... It can be it can be a problem. It sounds like that's something that others possibly need to change in terms of how they speak to and support new mums. What would mm. you suggest is a better way instead of saying to a woman, "How's 
breastfeeding going or those measurements you just mentioned, mm. what do you think is a more compassionate and helpful way to speak to a new mum? I think the, the first step is look at mum and ask her how she's going and how she's feeling and um, you know if there's anything that, that you can do to help her or anything she wants to you know, maybe ask or talk about, ask her questions about herself as well as the baby because, of course, we're interested in the baby and we want to know. Um, but just don't forget to include the mum in the mother-baby um, interaction because she's so important and she's often lost um, in that equation. So, uh, and uh, remembering, you know, if you're her friend or her family member, um, her interests and skills and passions and everything like that still exist within her. She hasn't just become mum. So remembering to, you know, include her in, you know, your news about your day and your life and, you know, the the goings-on in your social circle and just asking her about things, I guess, other than the baby as well as the baby, of course. Something that also shifts a lot once the baby comes along is the relationship you have with your partner. Yes. What was your experience like? Yeah, I think for me, um, I think there's, I think I wrote in the book that it can be the best of times and the worst of times. And for a lot of people, certainly um, the first year was um, one of the most challenging times that their relationship has faced. For me, my husband took to new parenthood like a duck to water and he just loved it straight away. He's a real extroverted person. He loved the baby. I loved the baby too, but he wanted to, to play with the baby all the time. He would even say things like, can we wake him up to play? I miss him. <laughs> and I guess sometimes the I guess discrepancy between our ease of adjustment to parenting, I, I didn't I didn't feel like that straight away. Um, I mentioned in the book that it took me a little while to feel bonded and as a real introvert, I um, really relished my alone time. So that lack of autonomy and me time and things at the start, especially when he was so dependent, were really difficult. So I think sometimes I found myself comparing myself to my husband's parenting and thinking, like, why is he winning? <laughs> um, I'm supposed to be the mom, like... Why is he beating me at this? Um, which is silly. And looking back with my more logical brain switched on now, I think um, how silly. But at the time, I guess it caused a little bit of friction in the relationship. Um, and as well as things like your normal everyday, how are we splitting up these chores? Who's getting up more in the night? Who's more tired? <laughs> is it harder to stay home or to go to work? Um, sort of that competitiveness and always kind of keeping track there can yeah there can definitely be friction in relationships including mine and how did you diffuse that because uh, I totally relate to that the, that was definitely the first year of my parenting <laughs> life <laughs> yeah did you manage to kind of break that cycle um I think we did not that not that it was perfect like we definitely had our moments and still do um but I guess we tried to be um, quite logical in terms of, all right, what's what's not working and what's the the trigger for most of our arguments? What's the um, the problem at the bottom of this? And we landed on doing things like splitting shifts through the night. So my husband's more of a 
a night owl, so he would stay up until a certain time in the night and be responsible for all night waking and then, um, you know, until 1am or something like that. And I was an early bird, so I went to to bed pretty early and um, then I just I knew I didn't have to be kind of on call until the early hours of the morning. And once we started to both get a little bit of sleep and routine happening for ourselves, we, um, we I guess, we're in a better headspace because we're a little bit more rested and then just splitting up things like chores around the house quite logically like you know I hate dishes less than you so I'll do the dishes but you don't mind cooking so you do that and um, just kind of making sure each person had a little bit of me time and and rest time during the day to recharge Um, for him social time because he's more extroverted and just kind of trying to look out for each other in those type of ways and these conversations are best had when you're not in the middle of an argument of course like (laughs) when you you are a bit more logical um and a bit rested and I would probably suggest if you know if you're not a parent yet to maybe have these type of conversations before the baby comes along when you're both a little bit more rested (laughs) a bit more logical yeah. A bit more rational, yeah. I should say. Rational, um, yeah. <laughs> your book has a number of charts and graphs, activities and case studies. Did the mm-hmm. psychologist in you know that this is how people like to map things out when they're going through something difficult? Yeah, I think that um, some people are more um, maybe visually based and, and respond well to things like yeah, tables and charts. And I wanted to make it something quite... Um, user-friendly, I guess, you know, new motherhood is so demanding. Um, We don't usually have time to really, I guess, read really complicated things. I wanted to make it like you've got, you know, a girlfriend just talking to you and giving you some, you know, normalised things and also just give you some ideas of, you know, tips and tricks to try, Um, but to be as, um, I guess, as easy to read as possible so yeah well Sally I think it'll be very helpful I, you must be prepared for the second now do you feel prepared yeah I think I feel I was talking about this with my husband the other day actually he's like how are you feeling like after you've done all this um preparation and I thought um I think I am feeling a little bit more confident though I hope I'm not lulling myself into a false sense of security <laughs> I'll probably have to refresh it but I think I'm really lucky in the way that my support networks, my husband and my family and, and friends have now read this book, so it's kind of like they've read my journal and they're going to know everything to expect <laughs> about me. <laughs> oh, fabulous. And hopefully they'll know how to support you as well. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Well, Sally, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. That's Sally Shepherd. She's a clinical psychologist and author of Beyond the Bump. To grab yourself a copy of her book, check out the links in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Debbie Ning and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. We'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.